1: I wanna welcome everybody today to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. And today I'm real excited to have Brandy Dawson with us. So Brandy, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background in the library. Uh, I got into
0: libraries in 2008 and I did it in an unconventional way and I would not suggest it for anybody to do it the way that I did. And um, as a leader now, um, I probably would have frowned on the way I did it. But in 2008, I saw a position open in the district that I'm now leading and it was there and I called and I hadn't started library school. And so of course the district said, no way Jose, can't do that for you. Um, And then I saw it again and again and I contacted the principal and and lo and behold, it it got worked out. Special circumstances under no circumstances would anybody ever get this. I did um, become a librarian. And then about a week later, I started library school. And I feel like I was successful because what was modeled to me. And that was so important because when I went in and I talked to that principal, and I said, This is what my ideal of libraries. Um, should be on a campus. It was amazing because of, of what I had seen. And I give all of that credit to Miss uh, Ms. Hill at Brandenburg Elementary in Irving, Texas back in 2005 is, you know, what she brought to libraries and what I saw as a classroom teacher and watching her, I, I really understood what was the best practice in that flexible scheduling and really giving learners an experience and working with the classroom teacher. So had she not modeled that for me, had I not had that background in what it would be, I would not have even gotten into libraries in in the unconventional way. Um, And then I had a lifelong friend uh, that I met in undergrad, and she pushed me every time we would talk on the phone. She was like, you got to come to libraries. That's the place to be. And I kept thinking to her like, oh, um, no way I have, I'm not doing that. Like I've already went, spent five years getting my undergrad. Why would you want to go back for two more years? Oh. And so it was a natural destiny of, um, Tina Broom and Capelle ISD pushing me and saying, going, go to libraries. You have to, it's the, it's the best job ever. And then, um, dumb luck and then a great modeling experience. So those three things is how I got into libraries. <laughs> spent three years at the elementary level, three minute, three years at um, the high school, uh, six years as a systems administrator, and then I got the best job in the entire world. This is my dream job. I'm back leading Louisville ISD in the North Texas area. Very
1: good. That's exciting. So just tell us a little bit about size-wise about where you are, like how many librarians are in your district? Uh, We have 66 libraries in the district,
0: we have 40 elementaries, 15 middle schools, and I say 10 high schools, but we have um, four, three ninth grade centers, two ninth, 10th grade centers, and then five um, senior highs or high school. We have one high school that is nine through 12. So 10 total upper secondary in a combination and it's bizarre.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, you all are very fortunate because there there's so many districts across America and even the world, you know, where they're still on their own, even if they are a larger system. You know, they don't have one in central office, you know, there to speak up for them on their behalf. So kudos to your district for for having that kind of position for you. Um, okay, so it's a big district. You're there during COVID time right now. Um, what Like, how do you typically work with them right now? Are y'all meeting, are you doing Zoom meetings or is everybody pretty much just on their own right now? Or how is that going? So our district made the decision
0: to use WebEx because it aligned with our phone system. Okay. And so it was a massive crash course come March 16th. Yeah. And they said, you know, the whole world was going Zoom or Google Meets. And then our district said, we're going WebEx. Okay. So we were like, oh, Okay, so crash course, let's train our instructional technology facilitators and our librarians Mm -hmm. on how to use this tool. And now we've figured out that this really has opened up a greater chance for us to connect often librarians are like, I'm an island, I'm an island, I'm an island. Yeah. And what WebEx has offered us, and, and you could do the same thing in Google, um, has offered us boats and life rafts in between. So I still might be an island where I'm at, but I now can connect a lot easier um, within boundaries. So like for me, I'm comfortable with them seeing what I look like. I feel like that helps that connection piece. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who are like, no forward facing cameras. And so I, I get that, I totally understand that. Trust me, there's there's days and moments where I'm like, woo, that did not do me any justice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but really it's it's definitely offered a lot more where they, there's a little more accessibility to connect with each other. Um, but with great success comes great responsibility. And the other thing is, is it can be overwhelming when you have Forty elementary librarians chatting; those messages go really quickly. Um, so we had to set some some parameters of like, if I set something and I need them to pay attention to it, we don't do it through WebEx. Okay. Um, so th- I mean that that definitely helps. That's just our general chatting. So if people want to catch up and f- find out what was, they can share on it. Mm-hmm. But if I have something that I need them to do, or there's a directive. Then I send out a weekly email and we call it my Sunday update. Every Sunday, I get an update from me. It's a yeah. little personal
1: part. And then I, and then the second part is, is all business. Yeah. But that makes sense. Cause you're so right. The Conversations can really get lost in those chats. And mm-hmm. even when I was still working at a region service center, if we were leading a webinar, you know, like we, everybody had to start doing these you know massive webinars in March um, with hundreds you know we, we had some with three or four or 500 people on there we had to have multiple people monitor the chat you know because there was not even one person could monitor what was going on but that's a good point so you, you need to separate um, the task and things that you do out of that to another platform so that makes perfect sense all right now you told us a little bit about your start in the library I'm sure you have some good stories from the beginning what, what was it like at the very beginning for you Um, the beginning was pure chaos because not quite knowing what I was supposed to be
0: doing. Um, you, you walk in and you think, I I can't wait. And, and I had these grandiose ideas of exactly what I was going to be doing in my program and where it was. And the model that I looked at was somebody who had 10 years of experience and really did it, but I didn't see her process in year one and two. So, you know, I came in thinking. I'm gonna duplicate what she did, it's gonna be awesome. Wow. And then what I quickly realized was that's that's not always the case. And part of that came from the campus that I was on, they actually had two libraries on their campus. So there was a K2 library and a three five. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that left me with some getting my my steps in daily, trying to go <laughs> back and forth. Um, it was a scheduling nightmare. I did have an aid at that time, but only really because I had two libraries, so we had to keep them covered. Oh. Um, so it just presented a lot of different issues, but one thing that, that really helped me do is learning about the planning part of it and Mm -hmm. sitting down and setting some realistic expectations. So being able to map out what I was going to do and what those expectations were, and really what was reasonable to do in year one, Mm -hmm. and how do I look at that into year three, four, and five. And so I think that really helped just shaped because it was so massive and so big that I really had to learn how to refine that and and say, um, don't take on too much. Um, And at the same time, I I absolutely pushed myself. So by spring break of my very first year, I condensed us down to one library. We moved the the three, five library. We turned it into a a professional learning library uh, complete with a mock classroom. So with a two-way mirror so that okay. we could model lessons and then people could watch without the kids feeling like there's a ton of people watching them.
1: Oh, the idea.
0: Yeah, it was, it was great. Um, turned that into a, a little mini room for the teachers. They could have their meeting so it didn't focus on come to the library to have the meeting. So being able to have that vision and talk to the principal about, okay, here's what I can see what we can do. So that just helped a lot of that planning. Um, got new carpet in at spring break. I can remember like trying to figure out in you know, year one, you get to design a library and move all the furniture around. And then you go, oh, wh- where's the best place? Because once we move this furniture, as we know, you know, heavy oak furniture is not being moved again. So I have this once in a lifetime opportunity to set it up. So, uh, you know, there was just a lot of I, I feel like I got a crash course in that just because there was so much going on in that year. It really did help me learn to plan and think and, yeah. and what's the bigger picture and how is that going to work? Not just for me, but those after
1: me. Mm-hmm. Good points. Was well, there any kind of advice that you could send back to yourself? You know, when in the early days, what, what would that have been? Definitely the the
0: planning part is um, do not try. Yeah. I tell my new librarians this because I think this is the information I needed. At the end of my first year, I was not going to feel successful no matter what I did because the, my personality and I feel like a lot of new, like, we want to do it all. And we want to have this ideal of what perfect is. Mm-hmm. And so we need to back that off, this perfect, probably about five. I don't know, almost 50% and really set some realistic expectations of what is going to go right. Mm -hmm. You, have you collaborated and worked with at least one teacher on each grade level? You're not going to get them all and it's okay. Uh, But start there and then build upon it and have a plan 10% each year, 20%, Mm -hmm. whatever's manageable. Um, And really just knowing where's your limit, um, know how to decline an offer graciously uh know how to do a transfer of this is on my plate and i really want to do that um here's the list of things which would we like to get rid of and not only that but then saying i know the one i want to get rid of and and asking for that and being like oh, no, i'd like to take on this but how about we get rid of this off my plate yeah. so if you're doing your book if you have to do spelling bee you know but hey i'd really like to start doing a stem Thing after school, a, a STEM club, uh, could it maybe somebody else do spelling bee and I can do this STEM club and, and still having an impact on the student achievement. So really learning those things is, you know, how to communicate with our principal, not being scared of our principal, they're not out to get us, um, but also not being so demanding of I'm a librarian, I know better. It's, it's
1: a give and take. Yeah. Very good points there. All right, well, let's fast forward to now. I know you had just started your new job right before the COVID-19 hit. So you, you've just undergone a lot of different transitions right now. Um, but where do you find yourself now? Like what kind of things are happening now in your district that, that you find is really consuming most of your time?
0: Um, I think for mine is right now is helping my librarians navigate what they're trying, what they're experiencing. and. I am doing my best is to really get them to share their process and what they're doing. So they feel more connected Mm -hmm. um, so that they are working smarter, not harder. So if somebody creates something, I'm say, share it, they may not use it in its exact thing, but, you know, share that out. That helps getting inspiration from, from others. And so I say, yeah, for me now, it's more about how do I lead them in a way that I'm modeling the things that I want to see on their campus. I, I want to see them taking risks. Yeah. I want them to be okay to be, to fail. I want them to be vulnerable and at the same time to, to lead Yeah, and, and leadership looks different for everybody, um, but not to shy away from it and also how to have those conversations that really put students at our our center. So it's, that's what it's for me. That's what I'm doing because of where I walked into and what they had had previously. Um, and I feel like I'm, I'm on the right direction. I get a lot of feedback for them. I'm modeling that give me feedback, give me feedback. Sometimes it hurts. Um, but that's, you know, I have to learn from it and I have to, um, take what they're saying and, and, and do something with it. We had a discussion, I sent out a Sunday update and I, you know, was walking through a procedure and I had given a form for them to fill out and a bunch of our librarians had not done it. And so in my Sunday update, I had said, okay, 26 of you didn't fill this out. So if I have to remind you again, you know, I'm going to have to include your principles mm-hmm. and So I have a leadership team it's comprised of a few librarians two from elementary one from middle one from high school and so when I had a meeting with them they were like whoa let's give you some feedback Brady." the librarians did not we got some comments they they were not really excited about your Sunday update they you know and they they spoke to me about it so the very next week I was able to model and say you know that wasn't my intention but it really didn't matter what my intentions were. Mm. What mattered was the impact it had on you. Mm. So I stand behind the process is if I assign something, you will get a reminder. And if I have to remind you again, then your evaluator has to. So I stand behind the process, but Mm. the impact that I had and the directness that I said, that's what I, um, I will learn to do better. And I feel like modeling that kind of, behavior gets them to understand, especially in our times is that impact um, is what matters. It's not what our intentions are going to be. And, and I think that modeling it in that way goes across many different things. So if they have to, to deal with um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, matters that happen on their campus, I think by me modeling that vulnerability and like, I, am, I admit that I was my, that didn't align with my beliefs or my practices or the values that I hold and, and wanting to make sure that I have a good impact. So I think things like that that, that, that helps me is just how do I model that for them?
1: That's really, really good points. And when, I, when you think about librarians too, you know, when you just just come up from the classroom, you've only had your, your impact of your one little class, you know, and, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a totally different role, you know, where people are looking to you, the entire campus in a sense, you know, is looking to you. Um, for different guidance and help and some people aren't comfortable with that yet. So that, that's awesome that you're giving them a way to, to kind of work through that. Um, now you, you use the word impact a lot and I use the word influence and to me it's kind of the, the same direction, you know, that we're talking about. So when you think about the librarians in your districts. Um, you may not know them all well yet, but just in general, how do, what do you see as far as like what, what are the librarians capable of doing as far as their influence on the campus.
0: Um, right now the, um in the time of covid i think their influence can be this calmness mm-hmm. and reminding their you know and this again i what i've tried to tell them and model and what i want them to go back and model is we are all exhausted every educator out there is exhausted and we are exhausted because we cannot get ourselves onto autopilot and so, when we can't get ourselves onto autopilot, it is constantly using brain power, and every day is something new, and there is something that is different. And it's whether it's virtual students coming back onto online, online coming back into virtual, you know, the internet has gone down. So, you never get onto autopilot. And, and what I've told them is, and, and what they, you know, then went back and told their campuses is, it's like driving home, and you go the same way every day, and you just sort of t- turn your brain off, you yeah. get home, and you're like, Wait, I don't even remember that drive. <laughs> we, we can't get there in education right now. And, and that's some of the things that's the hardest for any educators. And so I want the librarians to be able to go back and influence and saying, we're the calm space. Mm-hmm. We are the ones that, yes, we're pushing carts around and we're doing grab and go service for our virtual. And we have all that. But at the same time, when that, that teacher walks in and says, the internet went down. They want me to use Seesaw. They want me to use Google Meet, it, whatever it is, you know, that librarian goes, oh, okay, I'm your calm yeah. and I'm your level-headed and, and let's do this together. Let's, I'm going to be the instructional partner that you need, because that's what they need right now. They need a partner to go through it. And right. so they influence by being that partner and, and being that steadfast. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, being that That supportive person to the administrator because the administrators are having to make a tough call right now and it often is affecting our our libraries so some campuses can't have anybody in their libraries and their libraries have now been taken over and is now the staff cafeteria because it's a larger space and you can have that people Mm -hmm. and so instead of complaining they influence that principle by being like yes and while they're there, I'm going to put flyers out for all of our databases. Yes. And I'm going to leave some books out so that they can, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. And so, and I think that's the, that's what the influence is, 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 being there and, and just saying yes. And for now, knowing that that's not a permanent part, it's, this is not permanent. It's, it's a stress on everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's going to continue to be a stressor until COVID's over, until we get to back to our normal in, you know, normal and air quotes. Um, it's just going to be a stressor. It's not going to be on autopilot. Everybody's going to be exhausted. And I think that goes back to the, being the carefully crafted curator,
1: mm-hmm.
0: your teachers can't take more. They don't need another resource. What they need is the right resource at the right time. Yeah.
1: And I hear that more and more from people where they're talking about the librarians are having a little relief, the ones that aren't having to teach students right now, that they, they are able more to just focus on being that support for the teachers. Um, and I can see a, a difference in their, just their outlook right now, you know, because they have one group of people that they're having to focus on. They know they're still going to impact the kids. They are missing the kids. anyway. I don't know. I don't know what I would be doing right now if I was in the library. It'd be, it'd be tough, you know, all around. It's just a, and I love your example of the autopilot. That's, that's a really good, because you're right, our brain is going nonstop right now, totally nonstop. Uh, was there any new kind of influence that you want to start working on with your librarians? Uh, I think I want them to learn
0: to be risk takers <laughs> in a way that... Um, does have a little bit of vulnerability into that, like get out in front of um, some of the things that are flying and making sure that they're doing it in a, in a nice stable way. So our district is very big on student data privacy. Okay. And so because of that, we limit a lot of educational apps that everybody is allowed to use. So like one, we, our district has blocked Flipgrid. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So imagine that, like that's, you know, that is a big deal. And so I really want them to um, be the people that show them, okay, that may not be available, but here are the other ways that you can still achieve that goal. Um, So start modeling. It's not about the app. It's not about the tool. It is about what are you doing? So Mm -hmm. if you can't use Flipgrid, you could definitely use Clips and Apple and have that response time in there. Um, so I want them to do that. I want them to, um, make sure that they're influencing their kids and making smart des- decisions in that digital citizenship aspect, you know, from kinder all the way to 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to make sure that they are, are having an impact on the kids and influencing our students. But I also want them influencing our, our teachers and, and saying, here's, practices that engage your kids. Mm-hmm. So not just here's a resource that you do, but here's how we implement that resource in an engaging way and, and getting more kids really engaged with that material. And then, uh, you know, again, just with the principles, how do you speak principal language? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about speaking library language. It is really about speaking their language and what's going to make a difference. Uh, one of my friends, talked about um, really going to principles and finding out what's their pain point and then solving those problems. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I hope that my librarians learn a lot is that we have to listen. To be an effective librarian, we listen yeah. because we're, we're solving is not our problems. We're solving other people's problems and you can't know what their problems is unless, you're, yeah. unless you listen, ask yeah. questions and then listen.
1: And I, I was actually editing my interview with Casey Boyd earlier today. Um, and she used the phrase ear hustling. And I had mm-hmm. never heard that before. And she was talking about listening in to the kids, you know, when the kids are talking, but the same thing would work, you know, when you're around your administrators or around a group of teachers where you're just listening. Mm-hmm. And you can pick up on so much of what their pain points are, you know, what are they brainstorming? What are they struggling with like that? Yeah. All right, Randy, you're you're in this role now where, where you're leading uh, the librarians of your district. Um, And, and I had asked you like, what's one of the main topics that you would like to talk about? And you, and you mentioned that like leader versus manager. So tell us a little bit about your thoughts with, with leading. So leading it for me is about getting in
0: the the trenches and working right along with somebody Mm -hmm. um, versus managing and saying, okay, well you do this, but I won't do this. And and so I very much want them to, if, if you're not willing to do it, then then that's shifting to a manager role. So, so don't do that. So we're having a great genre debate right now and yeah. possible stickers. And so, you know, I want them to know and I want other people to know, like if, if we're going to make this change and if I'm going to say, okay, campuses have to change their stickers, it's not about me saying, okay, you guys change your stickers and this fast. It's like, let's make a comprehensive plan and how are we going to get you the help and support? And if I have the time, then I'm going to go and, and do it and I'm going yeah. to change stickers out with you. Mm-hmm. because I, that's, that's a leadership thing that says, I'm gonna, willing to get my hands dirty with you mm-hmm. in the same way at my previous district. They were going through massive remodeling um, and renovations. So I would go with my um, technical services team and I would pack up a library. So I'd throw on my jeans and a t-shirt and I'd go out there and we'd spend all day packing up books. And that was one of the things that connected me to them more mm-hmm. than anything was I would get there and do the work. And they all knew, there's times i can't i have other things i need to do and attend to but they always knew i had a willingness and if i could then i would and the manager part of it was is watching other leaders say okay you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do that in the end mm-hmm. and i think that just doesn't justify in helping to grow good. At the end of all of this, when I whether I stay in Louisville for the remainder of my library career, if I go to another district, whatever I do, um, I want everybody that has been with me, I want them to leave going, that's the kind of leader that I want to be. And I want them to know that it, it wasn't just about me sitting in some building, in some office, in something. It's because I went out and I saw them, um, because I deliberately you know, right now made appointments with them to talk with them for 30 minutes um, each, you know, six, seven times in this year. It's that's that's where you lead is it's the connections. It's it's that part where if I was just managing, it would be just via email.
1: Yeah. Are you familiar with the phrase situational leadership? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of think of that as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of, of you being that kind of a leader because you're, you're going to be, adjusting and adapting to what you're seeing going on and that that's, you know, you can decide, I mean, of course you're, you're the leader and you're setting the vision, you know, for where you're going, but, but you're also going to then, just based on that situation, decide how you're going to, how you're going to help, you know, what you're going to do, um, what's going to be your role in that. So I just kind of heard those kind of things for me, you know, while you're. Were- yeah, I see that and that, you know, it's the positional power. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: and I don't want to have positional power. I want to have actual influence. And I think that's the difference. Yeah. Um, it, it just is, who am I talking to? And it doesn't, I'm in the role to be in positional power. And I don't want, I don't want my library. I don't want 66 people out there thinking I, the only reason why they have to listen to me is because of my position. I want them to be able to come to me and, and feel like I really do have knowledge, but I'm also open to suggestions and feedback. And I think that goes the same for me across many platforms. It's not just in my district. Mm-hmm. You know, I have uh, library friends that I talk to and, and I have no positional power there, but I definitely have influence working with TLA or, or TCEA. It's not about my positions, it's about how am I using and how am I talking and how am I making connections and, and how is my voice yeah. used to influence what's happening in our profession.
1: Very true. So a lot of our listeners are early career, like probably first to third year um, librarians. So if they're starting to think about developing themselves as a leader um, and kind of growing in this area, what what kind of advice would you give to them?
0: I would say, um, one, go out and read a lot of stuff by Adam Grant, you know, like I love his um, leadership style and what he talks about So organizational leadership and what does that look like? Um, A lot of just do a lot of reading. Um, The other thing I would say is connect. You absolutely have to get people around you um, that are going to challenge what you think and what you say and can do it in a very respectful way i have four ladies that i meet with in the north texas area and they're all library leaders none of them we none of us have the same exact ideas and thoughts but as we get together and as we share we push each other so connect with people in that way uh, because you have to be able to challenge and and do it respectfully. Um, the other thing I would say is share um, that's one of the, the great things and we came up with an interactive notebook to do our beginning of the year um, professional learning in that I shared it out and the other um, supervisors directors um, coordinators in the area they looked at it and they were like can we borrow this absolutely let's work smarter not harder so as you're going with leadership you know Find people like Adam Grant, Simon Sinek, all of those great, wonderful people who who talk about leadership and not just an EDU leadership, but really just leadership in general. Um, Find people that challenge you and support you at the same time, and then share the work that you're doing and expect it to be shared back. Um, that's that's an expectation I have with everybody. I will share freely, but I also expect that if you create something, you need to share it back. And if it's if it's not a two way street, then I then I'm then I don't hesitate to being like, okay, I'm not going to share anymore. So, you know, those are the things. Is as you're traveling through the leadership, is connection people, um, and then also be willing to learn and be vulnerable. And oh, I forgot the word, Brene Brown. Oh my God, she's got to be my favorite, definitely.
1: Her definitely, all the time definitely all right mm-hmm. so you mentioned several people you know that you follow um is there anything else that you you do just to keep yourself because i mean now you're leading a whole army you know of librarians so what do you what are you doing to help yourself yourself stay sharp uh
0: so i i split my time between a few different things so i definitely have my standby podcast that i listen to mm-hmm. and they range from dateline mbc just because i don't know why that's my fun <laughs> relaxing one um just to hear the old dateline pod, um, tv shows then i listen to things that are leadership podcasts and then i just listen to different experts my one of my favorites is armchair experts and to hear him talk to different experts so that it exposes me to a lot of different things <laughs> um I try to stay connected by keeping what's going on in current in libraries through, you know, ASL, the just TLA, just having sort of that network of what's happening. My current vision and focus is what's gonna be happening in the next legislative um, branch. So I'm getting into advocacy and this is the first time into that. And what does that going to look like? Mm-hmm. So in the state of Texas, um, the legislative meets every other year and so this in 2021 they're going to meet and I think that's when we're going to come up to a big omg moment and what's going to happen and so I want to stay on top of that and I think all of it goes back to is I've got to be able to lead to my librarians and say here's here's the things. Um, one of Mary Woodward from Mesquite ISD talked about doing project ready with her librarians and then I was like, hmm, what's project ready? You know, so I, I listen for those ideas. I hear stuff and then I'm like, wait a minute, what is that? And then I start diving into it. And so now my district and, and the librarians are doing that DEI work. And so I think to stay sharp, it's it's not one avenue. There's not something quick. It's, it's being open to a lot of different things and figuring out where, where that fits. So podcasting and audible books or mm-hmm. um, audio books fit into my life because I, my drive to work or yeah. I ride my bike. 12 miles each day on the weekend. And so that's my time to do that. Um, and then reading just comes here and there. I get on Twitter. Of course I'm, I'm a big Twitter fan. I've learned how to get tweets that I want to save and circle back to into my Wakelet account. So just being open and making sure that it's there, but also knowing my limits, um, and giving back to my family my my husband completely grounds me um and he will definitely pull the plug on the workaholic that i am okay. um Good. yeah so just a, it's trying to find my own balance is it's not an easy task mm-hmm. but i feel like if i have a little if i have knowledge and about a little bit of everything that if i need to dive deeper into something i can always circle back to it and dive deeper and watching I, you know, I, I, like I said, stay on top of Twitter. When I go to conferences, I'm, who are people talking about? What are they saying? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I may not know it all, but I feel like I can get you connected with somebody who might know it. Yes. And that's what I enjoy about it. Like just trying to get people
1: connected. Yeah. That's one aspect I love about our job. I see us all as connectors. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Brandy, you have shared so much with the listeners today. So if they want to, if our listeners want to follow you and keep learning from you, where will they find you online?
0: Uh, currently I am on Twitter and Instagram, um, and then my email, it's all super simple. It's edtechbrandy. Uh, so that's Twitter and Instagram. And then my email is just edtechbrandy at gmail.com. So any one of those you can connect with me. All right.
1: Thank you so much for your time today. It was great listening to you and learning with you. And, um, I look forward to continue following you on your journey as you're, uh, leading this, this group of librarians up in Louisville. So have a great day and thanks for your time today. Thank you. So-